Spin Run, the RPG talk show podcast. Welcome <laughs> to Drink Spin Run. I am Don Stroud, the interrupted, and with me is my <laughs> lovely co-host Adam Miskevich. Hi, Don. Adam. How you doing, sir? How are you? I'm pretty good. I got the little man on my good. lap here, so hopefully he doesn't go nuts. You know, um, having trouble with my video stream. Big deal. This is all about the audio, right? So that's cool. Um, yeah, fun night. Technical difficulties all squared away now, mostly, except for the video ones. Um, we had a great time on Saturday night with the Swords and Wizardry Appreciation Day podcast, didn't we? Uh, yes, you did. You didn't have a good time? <laughs> no, it was it was a lot of fun. I love talking to those people. We will have that out Man, this could be out before this, so never mind. Yeah, real soon. So you're probably you probably already if you're watching if you're listening to this, you probably already listened to that, unless you don't listen to those special episodes for some reason. Um, but tonight we have uh, two special guests with us, as all well two special guests with us. These guys aren't with us always, but we try to always have two special guests. Um, and uh, with us, we have I'm going to start. I'm going to start with Bob, okay? Uh, from the Sanctum Secorum podcast and many, many a con game, we have Mr. Bob Brinkman. Bob, how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing pretty good. I have a feeling I'm still far too sober for the show, but I'll fix that. Uh, you know, I'm only on my first beer. I don't think I'll. Uh, I'm on my first scotch, so we'll okay, see. Okay, Oh, nice. Nice. Stan's trying to talk to the microphone. Um, <laughs> also, so three with us, special guests. <laughs> yeah, yeah three. also also with us tonight uh, from many many an online game. I know that uh, the, this gent and I run in pretty much the same circles uh, online, and yet and yet have managed to not have any direct communication until today. We have uh, Mr. Andrew Shields. How you doing, sir? Oh, it's a beautiful day. Yeah, it, it, is it was it beautiful where you are. It is. Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous here. We're in that uh, one breath between uh, winter and summer. It's great. Oh, where, where are you yes. located? Uh, Missouri, Midwest, USA. Oh, okay. All right, Bob. You don't get a breath between uh, winter and summer, do you? I do. It's when the snowbirds leave. That's right now. Uh, they, oh, okay. they all left on Easter. We've got our roads back. We're on. We're on pause. Cool. Nice. Yeah, Bob. Bob's in Florida. So uh, if you wanted uh, to stalk him, now you know. Um, uh, I'm so easy hey. to stalk. We're listed. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so hey, Bob, you'd already kind of told us what you're drinking, kind of only a little bit. But uh, why don't you tell us? Hey, Bob Brinkman, what are you drinking? I'm drinking a Glenlivet Archive 21 year old Scotch. I could have pegged you as a Scotch guy. I didn't know that you are, but I, it, would, it makes perfect sense. I yeah. like I like a good Scotch. I like a good whiskey. And uh, having just survived tax season, it's time to treat myself. Absolutely. Oh yeah, very good. And Andrew, what about you? What are you drinking, sir? Oh, I just found out about this today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not prepared. Oh, okay. I'll just ta- I'll have I'll suffer through sober. Okay, well, you know, uh, we take a break <laughs> in the middle, and, and you can grab something then. Um, so, uh, oh, ah, 
Don, take over. <laughs> oh, wait. All right. And wait, I'm going to ask myself, Don, yeah. what are you drinking? Hey, Don, I am drinking. <laughs> now, I got this uh, I got this can from a neighbor. I was really excited for it. Um, do you remember, listeners and Adam, <laughs> uh, did I have the Wizard Burial Ground from yeah. Vivant? Yeah, yeah. I've got the Mac Wizard, which is the quadruple, but it's aged in scotch barrels. Huh. Mm. I think I've seen and that. Yeah, I had never seen it, and he's like, "Here, have this, have this can because you're awesome, and you helped us out during this power out thing we had." So, uh, let me tell you, it's a shock. Is it? Um, yeah, it's like they took the worst parts of scotch and put it in a can. Like it's just like <laughs> they soaked, they soaked oh. this quad. They, I mean, I I, I like scotch. Uh-huh. Is it's it carbonated like, medicinal iodine? Yeah, like it's just peat moss and beer. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, it's. I was almost like, I'm not going to drink this, but it's 11.4%, so I better. So you just got to drink one, right? Oh, yeah, I'll be good. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of those. Yeah, it's a pint. It's good. Mm. So, I mean, it stinks. Like, I like scotch, but man, it's like smelling like there's a bog mummy in my basement. (laughs) Other than the other bog mummy. Well, yeah. Uh, what yeah. are you drinking, Adam? Uh, you know, I'm I'm playing it really lame today, um, mostly because uh, I my trip to the depot got postponed, got postponed, got postponed, and then it was showtime. So I was like, oh shit! So uh, tonight I'm drinking good old cerveza Modelo Negra. Oh, so, nice. I mean, kind of kind of a classic drinking beer for me here, but uh, that's that's it. Nothing fancy today. Just the Modelo Negra. So. Hmm. That's nice. it. Um, so hey, yeah. what are you spinning, Don? Um, I've got nothing actually to talk about right now. Um, no. no, 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 it's not true. Uh, two weeks ago, I was like, man, I can't wait till we do Drinkspin Run because I want to talk about this epic uh, spinning session I had. I was able to sit down for a couple hours and write some mm-hmm. stuff, um, and. Spotify just happened to have some of the necks on there. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with any of the necks? Um, I don't think so. Um, it's just... Man, am I familiar? I thought they were from Australia. <laughs> it's like a trio. And they just kind of do this like low-key, like loopy, jazzy jam. And it just kind of like evolves and grows and builds and then kind of scales back. Um, but I was mixing that up with some more Barn Owl. Because uh, that appears to be some of the greatest writing music for Don. Yeah, the Barn Mouse is good stuff. I was listening to that a little bit today when I was doing some writing. Yeah, yeah. So. It's just, it kind of sits in the background, but it's awesome. Um, so I'll go, about, I'm going to go next, yeah, if you don't mind, because I was listening to some good uh, writing music today. Um, Darrow's album 1979, which um, is kind of this weird. Um, uh, <sighs> It's kind of um, ambient synth music, which you don't think would be the kind of thing I'd be all about. Um, but it's it's really solid. It kind of has like that detuned synth feel. Um, that kind of the the um, ah shit, what's their name? Uh, the the band that did the Stranger Things theme. Um, survive mm, that yeah. survive can can do. They obviously don't always have it, but I think the 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 
more than Stranger Things, the album that or the thing that sticks in my mind a lot as like a good example of what Daru sounds like is. Did you ever see the movie? Um, uh, oh, shit, Black Black Rainbow inside the Black Rainbow or something like that. It was a movie made in the style of like seventies psycho psychological or psych psychic psychological yeah. horror. Yeah, it was really. I remember the trailer and I didn't actually see it, but it was on my list, and then I forgot about it, but. Yeah, Black Rainbow. It looks Only crazy. watch like the first half of that movie and then turn it off and just watch the movie that's in your brain after that point because that movie is way better than the one that's on your screen. Just telling you. <laughs> um, but it, it kind of had that feel, you know. Uh, so, Daru, I was I was totally about this for the last couple of weeks. Uh, well, I guess maybe a week. A um, uh, guy I work with, got, uh, Jarrett, got me into them. Not, not the Jarrett that is occasionally on our shows. <laughs> Uh, but the other, another one. <laughs> um, so he and I have been trading music back and forth. Like I was like, "Oh, you got to listen to Boren." He's like, "Oh, you got to listen to Daru." I was like, "Oh, you got to listen to Malatu Astatke." He's like, "You're right. I did have to listen to Malatu because he's amazing." That's <laughs> that's what I needed. Andrew, what about he's you? He's a professional. Yeah, I've been uh, listening to quite a bit of Southern Gothic stuff. Uh, some Congos, um, some AWOL Nation gets in there. Um, 21 Pilots has some interesting little bits in there. But, you know, mostly on my commute cuz yeah. when I'm when I'm writing, I just it's got to be quiet. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and by quiet, yeah, do you I, mean there can't be sound or there can't be like okay, so here's why I ask. Uh Oh, I just can't great have friend <laughs> Okay. Uh <laughs> so great great friend of the show Tim Callahan um has uh, asked us or has uh, told us before that he doesn't listen to music that has a vocal component um, while he's while he's writing. Um, and I don't particularly care. I can listen to, to music with a vocal component. It doesn't bother me at all. Some people apparently it does. Is that a th- is that an, is that a concern for you or can it well, does it could be like no music at all? I mean, when I'm doing art, I can listen to all kinds of stuff because mm-hmm. it uses a whole different part of my brain. Uh, but when I was uh, when I was first getting started in writing, I would put on the mood music, and then I would do the writing. And then when I came back to the writing, uh, I felt like I had, the music had been carrying some of the load. And okay. uh, so when you go back to just the words, that was missing. You know, part of part of what it created, it was gone. And so yeah, after that, I started just just me and the words, because ultimately that's all the reader's going to get. Um, so yeah, I just. I just, uh, just me and the page and the, the clatter of keys, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, that doesn't mean it has to be quiet around me. It just means that I can't be multitasking by listening to something else. I, I'm not a multitasker. I can switch back and forth between things quickly, but I can't do more than one thing at once. <laughs> you know, the, the, uh, a lot of psychological research backs, you know, says that nobody can do that. Um, yeah, I'm, I think I'm far better a partial tasker than I am any single tasker. Uh, and, you know, I, I liken it to um, Arthur Dent flying, you know, um, because there's that bit in So Long and Thanks for All the Fish, or maybe it's, no, it's Restaurant at the End of the Universe, isn't it? Where you just he learns. at the ground. Yeah, and miss. and miss, right? And I think that's kind of what I do is I throw myself at a thing and I let myself get distracted and then I can do it 
because I'm not even noticing it's just falling out of my head. The more I think about a thing, the less I'm able to actually do that thing. And if I have something else that's competing for my attention, I'm far more capable uh, than... This is why I always listen to music when handling power tools. Uh, me? Oh, you know I'm an overthinker, Bob. <laughs> I'm a total... <laughs> absolute. Yeah, yeah, I to- I overthink everything, man. Um, I I every little detail to death. I'm uh, uh, I I can't, I'm not happy with anything ever at all. <laughs> yeah, I believe it was uh, Natalie Goldberg in writing down the bones talks about the monkey mind and the deep mind, and how the monkey mind is trying to edit it while you're working on it and gets in the way of what you're doing, and the deep mind is what has something to express through it. So how do you get the monkey mind busy so the deep mind can do its work in what you're doing? Hmm. Uh, is another way to look at it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, for yeah. me, one of the ways I deal with that is I, you know, get my plots and my characterization and make all my subplots tie together and all that, and that keeps me busy so that, you know, what it's about can flow under it. So you're but talking about actual real writing. You're not, like, talking about games writing. Right, that's fiction. <laughs> game, game design, game writing is a different animal. That's true. Yeah. That's but, you almost... know, one of, the, one of the greatest things about fiction writing, when you come to game design, you know you can tell the story by yourself. And so it really hyper-focuses you on needing the players to do gaming right. And how okay, different okay. that is. Good. You worried me there for a second. Uh, no, <laughs> that, no. that is good. Because there's so many, you know... Uh, GMs who are like failed writers and they right. are they're usually pretty bad. Well, uh, you don't want to pull you don't want to pull the players in to fill the parts you have in mind for them. Instead, right. you want to build you want to build around what the players are doing because, you know, they're bringing their own unique talent. Absolutely. And if you want if you want to tell your own story and you want to get rid of the variables, go tell your own story and get rid of the variables. <laughs> sure. Don't bother the players with it. <laughs> I absolutely agree with that. You're so correct. Uh, okay, where are we at? That was Sven. <laughs> We're on reading. Yeah, so hey, Andrew, so, uh, what, what can you tell us what you've been reading lately? Uh, let's see, what have I been reading lately? I just uh, reread Phantom of the Opera. Um, it's good to go back and, and read it every now and then, find some different things there. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's what I've been reading lately. Just finished right. it off on an airplane flight. Cool. And he, okay, so and what did, you, what did you get from the text this time around? Uh, this time around, uh, what I was doing is I was looking for, uh, ways in which the narrator was unreliable and <laughs> looking, well, cause unreliable narrators are a lot of fun and, you know, a lot of books deal with that in a different ways. And in Phantom of the Opera, you've got, uh, this researcher who is preening because he has uncovered the truth of what happened around these mysterious incidents years ago through personal interviews and the acquisition of artifacts and diaries that he hints at. And then he tells the story kind of his way, how he pieced it together. Um, And so it's interesting to say, well, where was it in your best interest to tell a different kind of story? Uh, So that's fun for me. Uh, The other thing was basically just looking at how uh, comparing monsters and children um, is an effective way to understand a lot of horror stories um, and parenting. <laughs> I'll just leave that there. But yes, you know how basically a lot of monsters are monsters because they're just not grown-ups. Hmm. Which is certainly the case in that story. Hmm. Got it. Cool. Well, hey, Bob, what about you? What have you been, what have you been reading lately? Uh, well, I'll start with what I 
been skimming for the past two weeks, which is 100,000 pages of income tax regulations. Um, I swear to God, find me a Pathfinder player, and I will find you someone that can do taxes. Um, I don't know where to find those. <laughs> well, yeah, that's why you've got to find me one. Uh, I tend to keep a lot of books in the air at once. Uh, I just finished Swords Against the Shadowlands, the nice. Robin Wayne Bailey uh Fafford and Grey Master story. I've been crunching my way through Doc Savage. They all kind of blend together. Read uh-huh. like three or four, then stop because they're all the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, just finished uh, Paul Anderson's Three Hearts, Three Lions. Ooh, yeah. And just starting um, Elsprague de Camp's Fallible Fiend. Oh, that's a good one. G- um, going through. I just finished going through the uh, Jack Kirby Commandy. The, the run of those comics. Nice. Boy, I wonder and, why you're going through that. <laughs> um, started Popcorn Sutton's My Life, My Liquor, and Andre Norton's Eye of the Monster. Yeah, so when you say you get a lot of, you keep a lot of balls in the air at once, uh, that's clearly very true. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of things like uh, Three Hearts, Three Lions took me two hours, so... When I, when I sit down, when I finally have a chance to read, I tear through things pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Nice. So. <clears throat> nice. Means I keep Adam a big library. Read? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Don just asked me. Um, so yeah. uh, two things. Um, and I'm going to break our normal rule, and I'm going to talk about a game product that I got, and I'm still kind of plowing through because it's, uh, it's something that I think a lot of people don't know about, so I'm going to mention it just this once uh, well you know i try to avoid it you know i mean I know. Um, no i'm teasing it's uh it's a zine called threaten inc um it's issue seven is their creature compendium issue and i really wish my camera was working because you guys deserve to see some of the art in here it's phenomenal so um this guy jethro d wall puts out this zine called threat and inc and um it's it's an art zine right um with some essays typically um, but uh, he got some. Uh, he's he's you know he's a lapsed gamer I think, and he got uh, some OSR folks, uh, Mario Torres and uh, Christia, to um, do some monster stats for some of the monsters for this zine, and so he got some you know some artists together with those guys. I think Mario is an artist, but I don't know if he does any art in here. But it's uh, oh, yeah, he does. He definitely does. So it's um. It's a monsters <clears throat> book that um, kind of like Fire in the Velvet Horizon. It that's is that the right? yeah that is the monster book. It 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 just, it's really describing a setting by way of describing its monsters, which is really cool. I really like that, and the mm-hmm. art is a ton of fun. And this thing is like only ten bucks. So um, if you if you feel like kicking in 10 bucks for some awesome art really fun writing and just a really neat kind of uh it it feels like adventure time for adults is what i is the vibe i get off of it um Mm. you know a really cool setting like that it's at uh it's at threatninc.com or jethrobot.com um yeah uh very neat stuff fun art and i wish i could show it to you guys because i think you get a kick out of some of it uh, and there's no PDF, so you got to get it in print. And I think once 100 issues are gone, it's gone. Uh, one of the cool things I liked is uh, in the in the cover pieces, you know, the the end papers. Um, like so many people these days, they use it 
well, and that's where like your copyright information is and stuff. But they also made it look like kind of like a library book on the inside covers. There's like people's names or like a school book. There's like people's names written oh, in cool. it. There's like yeah. stamps from cool. you know like a library or something. What does it say? Uh, Francis Willard Home is what it says. There's like coffee rings and stuff like that. So very cool there. So that's 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 the thing that I needed to share. The one gaming related thing. Um, the other thing is is after the last time we maybe it wasn't the last time we talked, but it was um, the time we had uh, some guys that were great. What were their names? Uh, Which one? Pierce Shea and oh, yeah. uh, was was it Clint? Clint, yeah. yeah, Clint Krause. Uh, we we like tangentially mentioned the Wizard of Oz in there somewhere, and we had mentioned the Wizard of Oz like the episode before that. So I was like, you know what? My wife just read all of the Wizard of Oz books like a, a year ago. Uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. So I have been reading those like like a you know a little bit at a time. They're really weird and really good, and mm-hmm. uh, they're. They do not live up to the stated purpose, you know, of having like non-violent fairy tales or you know non-disturbing fairy tales. There's some weird shit in there that's you know. Well, the purpose was just to have American fairy tales. Ah, uh, they have to be non-violent. No, well, no, there, there was there that was one of the stated purposes was to remove a lot of the violence that was endemic to the European Northern European folk tales, um, hmm. and that clearly did not happen. I mean. The Tin Woodsman's chopping off heads, the lions mm-hmm. tearing things to shreds. It's it's not happening, man. It's good reading. It really is. Um, I haven't yet gotten to like the rampant misogyny that my wife assures me is in there, uh, but uh, it's there apparently. Give it time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Tells you how far I haven't gotten. Um, did you finish the Liza Locke Lamora? Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, much much to my chagrin, I finished. It. <laughs> is not a good book. I've seen how I greatly enjoyed it. I'm glad you greatly enjoyed it. I like when people enjoy things. Uh, it's like, just because I like vanilla doesn't mean that there shouldn't be other ice cream flavors, right? That is true. <laughs> uh, that, that book just really left me with a very bad taste in my mouth. And, uh, That's a shame. Yeah. You're damn straight it is. <laughs> it's a shame anytime you read a book and go, why? Why did uh, I? Why did I subject? Well, that one was like a roller coaster ride. There were times where I thought, "Oh man, this is great, and it's going to get better," and then it didn't, and it got worse. And I was like, "Oh man, that's like I've see, been on this roller coaster before. I never enjoyed that ride." See, I just, I kind of, for me, it feels like Fafra and the Gray Mouse are if they were Sicilian. Hmm. Uh. Yeah. Vendetta. Vendetta. Uh, yeah. It, you know, I wanted more. I guess I wanted it to be more revenge porny um, at the end, and it. It really wasn't. Um, the Book minute it two became, is very revenge porny. But I've heard it's far weaker. And if I didn't enjoy the first one, I'm not going to go in for round two. You know, I thought the third one was was the, the weakest one? so far. Oh yeah, there, it's part of a seven book series. Oh man, no way! <laughs> I did not know that. Well, that's I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do it, Bob. <laughs> no, you know what? Don't if if you're yeah. not into it, don't do what I no. did with the Wheel of Time. Don't oh. just. Don't yeah. keep Wait grinding for that through. Good grind book? through. Yeah, <sighs> there was one. There was one good book, followed by better. a slide of crap. Uh, yeah, that doesn't. This does not sound good. So, did we get everybody on the read? No, we didn't get Don. No. Don, Don, no. what are you reading? No, 
Hey, uh, I just started last night. I got about uh, three pages into it before I passed out uh, because it was wet past my bedtime. Mm-hmm. Um, Swords of Lankmar. Awesome. Nice. Because, because, you know, there's a huge announcement at GaryCon. Or no, it was the Kickstarter was launched, right? Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to get back. <clears throat> I had stalled out in Stardock in the fourth book, uh, Swords Against Wizardry. I just didn't care for that story. So I just moved on to other books. And then that announcement dropped, and I was like, man, I'm going to get back into it. So I whipped through that and started the new one last night. And yeah, it's super fun. I mean, I love that stuff. Crawford and the Grey Mouser is good stuff. It's, yeah, yeah, it's definitely fun. I definitely enjoy that. So I, yeah, so I had to put down Mysteries of the Worm, uh, oh. that Robert Block compilation. Oh, yeah, which is fun. But I'd already read the Hastur one before that one, like these Chaosium. Books, are, you so. are you reading the the Chaosium fiction collections? Yeah, yeah. Oh, those are fantastic, man. Yeah, yeah but I can see fun. how if you just got done with one, you might get really burned out and not want to, you know. And you want some adventure. Yeah. you want some, you know, swords and sorcery. Yeah, you should check out. They've got a weird West one that's really good. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh. Yeah, I'll check that out. That sounds cool. I've got about I've I've got five or six now, so I'm kind of slowly buying them as I see them. Cool. So, uh, yeah. Hey, let's talk about what we're running. Andrew, what about you? What are you running? Uh, let's see. What am I running? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just recently uh, ran a, a game where I took lasers and feelings and I built a Ghostbusters chassis on it. Huh. Um, and uh, I was uh, visiting a friend and he had a bunch of friends over and some of them were casual gamers and some of them were more experienced. But there were six players and so... Uh, set up three Ghostbuster franchises that were at a conference. So they built their franchises and their characters, and then we had a little problem, and uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, you know, extra- that combination of chance and creative interpretation that pulls out kind of unexpected um, unexpected results from the players is a lot of fun. So uh, I've been doing that, and I've been doing some uh, homebrew stuff you know, around the table, because I have this problem, like, rules as written gives me this rash, um, <laughs> apparently. Uh, I hope I never have to find out if I can run something rules as written if my life depends on it. <laughs> I hope it never comes to that, because I, I don't know if I'd make it. But, uh, yeah, so I've been doing some, some home systems around the table. Um, yeah. Modern paranormal stuff. Um, and also a turducken of awesome. Uh, with uh, <laughs> uh, starting with Yoon Soon and then putting uh, the Mad Monks of Quantum inside it and then running it on a Maze Rats engine. Oh, wow, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, that, that's been kind of fun. Uh, yeah. Uh, to kind of fill in the, the gaps when not everybody, you know, could make it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's really kind of a fresh, uh, for me, it's a way to kind of step out and say, uh, there's a great freedom in that to not try to copy any single culture or anything, but just to say this is like a feel that we're going for uh, and make a very kind of pulpy, exciting, bad, badly dubbed martial arts movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Nice. How about you, Bob? What have you been running? Um, uh, except for taxes, of course. Yeah, other than taxes. Well, before <laughs> before I uh, I dove into my uh, my crunch time of course there was GaryCon 
So mm-hmm. at Gary Khan, I ran Cyborg Commando. And uh, that wow. that went over well enough that I picked up two other judges, and we're going to do a tournament at Gary Khan next year. We've got a piece of original art that's been donated as a prize. Nice. So, uh, yeah, step-by-step step, redeeming the uh, reputation of a much maligned game. Is, is, <laughs> its, is its reputation worth redeeming? Uh, you know, honestly, it had a really good reputation until... What, four or five years ago, one hipster decided to write a trash review so he could score points on ripping on Gary Gygax. Uh, the game itself has always been good. I, I wrote the first review of the game for Gateways Magazine in, like, what, 87? Uh, <laughs> and, yeah. and I've been running it off and on ever since. It's wow. easy to play. You can boil. I boiled a, a quick start for the rules down to three pages. Wow. Including CareGen. Wow. Cool. So, yeah, it's it's real simple. It's a lot of fun. And uh, Frank Menser loaned us the original figures that had been made and used for the playtests at Gen Con. So we got to use oh. those when I was running it. And yeah, I was I was walking on clouds at Gary Con. You might have seen me. <laughs> I barely saw you at Gary Con, Bob. I was I, the Doppler uh, effect. I was on yeah. my way to run games. I ran twenty four <laughs> hours in two days. <laughs> It was it was actually nice when you and I actually got to talk on Saturday night. Like it's I'm used to being like spending every night with you and Jen, you know, at conventions, right? And like like last last Gary Con is where it started. You know, there you guys weren't around as much because you had so much going on. Um, but we got to catch up on Saturday night, which was awesome. Uh, so I'm really surprised that uh, that Cyborg Commando is. Uh, does not require redemption, you know. Being somewhat familiar um, with uh, some of Gygax's later designs, um, well, the thing is, people look at it, and there's there's the rules, and then there's the setting information. And the mm-hmm. setting information, there's a lot of crunch. I mean, you can you can say I well, you know, I grew up in Roselle, Illinois. It's a small town that most people have never heard of. Um, and I could I can look up the population of Roselle, and there is a chart in the book to tell me how many people survived the invasion. So you know, there's there's a lot of potential crunch, but it's all setting stuff. It's stuff that any person running a game is going to does ignore anyway. I don't need to know where all of the cyborg bases are. I don't need to know how many there are because I'm going to run a game, and that's the information I'm going to build my game around. Sure. Um, but the rules mechanics themselves are really simple. So that's um, good. That's good. I, uh, I I played a lot of Mythos um, in the, and I, I will say that is the truth. Um, I'm not saying that. <laughs> that's not one of those things that is, someone says to say. But I did actually play a good chunk of Mythos in the early '90s, and that was the game that made GDW sue him. Or sorry, TSR stu- sue him. GDW was the. Company oh yeah. Him. Well, I but, think there was a couple lawsuits against. Well, the, the, yeah. the first one was a cease and desist because he was calling the game Dangerous Dimensions. Right. Like the that. D&D. So, the, so they they <laughs> changed the name of the system to Dangerous Journeys Mythos. Um, and it was one of the first games I played that had a colon in it. And then um, didn't TSR like uh, end up buying the entire line and shelving it? I don't think so. I th- uh, that's possible, but they did sue uh, GDW um, because they were making a fantasy game, and they kind of made this weird argument that any fantasy role playing game is uh, uh, is treading on their turf. Um, but it is one of those things. Like this was the '80s, and you know, copyright <laughs> law was, or I guess it was in the '90s then. But you know, copyright law is one of those things. If you don't pursue your copyrights, you lose them, right? And 
TSR, I mean, rightly was going about pursuing what it saw as a possible challenge to its copyright. And if it didn't, you know, uh, pursue a possible challenge, what, you know, like that. Well, they definitely wanted to protect their trademarks. That that's for sure. And that's, yeah, the, yeah, the D and D and I think they wanted to go after anything with Gary because I think there was just bad blood there though. Um, there, well, I mean, there, there, was, there was bad, a lot of there was bad blood, blood and tricky business. But you know, it, uh, I got to say, I, I think, like, I know this is not going to earn me any pals, but you know, uh, they, but as far as copyright law goes, they're in the right to pursue that shit. I mean, I don't think they. I, I don't well, you think don't, they had a you case, don't lose but... a copyright if if you don't protect it. Uh, it that's trademarks. Uh, with oh. copyright, there's there's registered, and you can go after infringement. But if someone's not actually infringing, you can just kind of bludgeon someone with lawsuits until they run out of money. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure that's what they were doing. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I ran Cyborg Commando. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I ran Call of Cthulhu. I ran my Mountain Monsters trilogy. I I uh, ran Part Three. And if I swear to God, if you've never seen Mountain Monsters. You have to watch this show. It is my Game of Thrones. It is huh. it it it's a bunch of Appalachian rednecks chasing monsters through the hills with shotguns in the dark, and they call it a reality <laughs> show. I was going to oh say, is God. that a reality show? It, so, it sounds well with with really big quotes on either end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a reality <laughs> show. Um, but yeah, I did a I did a trilogy using those characters, and that was a lot of fun. And uh, and then here at home, I'm running a first ed campaign. They started with Temple uh, Temple of Elemental Evil. We've gone through the Slavers, the Giants, the Underdark, and uh, they're in Queen of the Demon Web Pits now. We're, jeez, we're like almost five years in. Wow, awesome. that's great, man. So, and uh, since they're in Queen of the Demon Web Pits, there's that section on the fourth level of the Demon Web that kind of opens up to other worlds. So I've been dropping in other modules. So they just finished Under the Storm Giant's Castle from Judge's Guild. Oh, nice. That's so. a fun one. It, a- it is. It is surprisingly deadly, at, yeah. no matter the level of the characters. The, the balloon <laughs> I- men that explode and do fireball damage. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Stan, please stop it. He's Stan's hitting my pop filter, which is causing the whole armature I have my mic on to like resonate. <laughs> he likes the sound. Thank you, Stanley, for stopping. But uh, but yeah, so that's that's what I've been running. Cool, cool, good stuff. What about you, Don? I am sad to report that my game was canceled on Saturday because of her live cast. Oh. Yeah. Did they did they tell you that they'll play this Saturday uh, instead? We will be playing in two weeks. Aww. I'm sorry. Yeah, you could have called yeah. off and said, "Okay, Adam, you just do it." I probably should have called off because I didn't really add that much. And <laughs> yeah, uh, so hindsight says I should have just played my game. Uh, just playing DCC still. Nice. Um, and I'm about to start running some actual uh, purchased adventures because. I don't think I ever have. And they're good, really man. Good ones. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. What are you, what are you thinking yeah. about adding? What are you going to... I mean, can you say I'm it? I'm afraid I cannot say because... Can you do secret hand signs or, like, type in the chat um, so we can we can comment on it? Because we'll... Let me see. I think I'm going to start... They are at... I think the most... Most of them are at level two. I was thinking about... Um, now I can't remember the name of it. Uh, the green... The green Emerald Enchanter. Thank mm-hmm. you. 
Well, I was going to keep it, you know, on the DL. You just said you couldn't remember the name. I thought that was a prank <laughs> to tell you. No. <laughs> Thanks, Adam. That's okay. Even forewarned, that's a tough adventure. Else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of want to kill some of them because I don't really get off on that, but they have, they each still have two of their, uh, like, they each have two characters at second level. It's getting really hard. There are two clerics. I just can't. I just can't pull the, put the hurt on them, but maybe some uh, some of Joseph Goodman's magic can do it. You know, you can. Uh, Joe broke the really good you know bookend to that. Uh, the the Emerald the Hex yeah. Crawl. Yeah, and that is that's yeah, phenomenal. I, you should you should tack that onto the end. Was was that tacked on the end in the reprint mm-hmm. that came out with the yep, real book? Yep, yep. Yes. So I actually have I have that in both the annual thing and in that. So yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go with that for we a bit. We should do that. It'll be fun. Um, I'm, go- I'm, I'm going to, unless it's ruined, and then oh, it's fine. Adam, how about <laughs> you? What are you writing? Uh, so, I'm still doing. Um, it's it's still the sea season in uh, our RuneQuest actual play. Uh, we 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 hit on this awesome thing that we're doing in the on the nights when we don't have a quorum to play RuneQuest, and what we're doing instead is we're gonna run. We're playing a um, a mega dungeon. Um, mm-hmm. And what we're doing, and some people might have heard me talk or seen me talk about. <laughs> yeah, Stan, you tell him. Uh, some, bah. Bah, yeah, he's got bah. a he's got a um, socket wrench that he thinks is a gun, bah. and uh, <laughs> that's his bun his gun sound <laughs> shooting you guys on the screen. Um, don't don't kill him, Stan. Bah. All right. So anyway, what I have it's been a while since bah. you've interrupted the show, Stan. Thanks. Yeah, I'm gonna have to edit that You're out. Not gonna, yeah. I am. I think I it's like that. it's. I'm obligated to say now that you're not going to edit that out. It's Wait, don't you guys part. always say I'm going to edit that out? Because I always hear that when I listen yeah. to the show. Yeah. We're and edit that never out. do. There's yeah. famously <laughs> one thing that's ever been edited out of the show. <laughs> right. uh, and well, sorry. You're being creepy, dude. What's going on? Uh, so, um, what we started. Uh, she's in. She's asleep, dude. You want to go see her? You're welcome to it. Go to it. Yes. Alright. So, uh, we started um, doing Dwimmer Mount. James Malachowski's Dwimmer Mount. But we're doing it in a very peculiar way. Um, I've kind of set it on a Barsoomian style planet. Um, so, I'm cutting out a lot of the traditional fantasy oh. tropes and I'm replacing them with, you know, Barosian, Barsoomian tropes. Nice. So, yeah. Um, I don't know if you guys have read uh, Warriors of the Red Planet by Al Crombach. Um, it's a swords and wizardry complete or or uh, core um, hack that makes it very um, Barsoomian. And I'm kind of taking that and making it more white boxy. Um, so I've... Cha- Here, yeah, you can use this keyboard. That's cool. Don't use that one. Uh, so... Uh, that's been a lot of fun. We've really stripped down the rules, like, super far. I'm kind of doing this thing where I'm trying to make it as OD&D-ish as possible, but that... Pardon me, but then including some stuff, uh, like, rules that I enjoy. Like, I like having a skill system-ish, but I don't like a skill system that is restrictive or proscriptive. I prefer one that's uh, more interpretive, so um, I'm using... 
like a bunch of different systems, like cludging a bunch of different systems together to make something that's really simple. And I just blogged about this today. Um, so you can see that on, on my, my blog. But the idea is um, it's a really simple OD&D-ish chassis with um, a more narrativist uh, skill system attached. So uh, we're calling it Dwimmer Mars. And it, <laughs> and it has been a ton of fun. We did have the first PC death in the first session. Um, but uh, Good way we to realized, get their attention. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. It, was, it was totally another player character's fault, too, which was the good part. Was, yeah, don't mess with those switches. Hey, I'm going to mess with these switches. Oh, you killed that guy. How metamorphosis alpha. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, right? I mean, it's Barsoomian, you know? It's crazy space tech, you know? And uh, that's Damn straight. same kind of thing, and you should expect it, you know? Um, so, but uh, that's, so that's going to be on our live stream when we're not doing uh, RuneQuests until I'm done with RuneQuest, which is probably going to come up in the next couple of weeks. We're probably going to be done with this particular arc of uh, the Elder Wild, or, yeah, the Elder Wilds campaign. Um I've been doing some cool stuff with that. They they're starting to uncover stuff that they that. What's fun about this game is they told me all of the <coughs> shit that they have to deal with in the first session. They're like, uh, I, I asked them questions about how did this happen in your in your the myths of your tribe. How does this shit happen? And they told me. So now they have to deal with the consequences of the myths <laughs> that they wrote. And they're like, oh man, this all this stuff's coming back together. It's like, yeah, that's why I had you tell me it. Like, I didn't have you, you know, come up with stuff just for it to be, like, background text. Like, that's that's boring. People people coming up with, like, reams and reams of uh, of backstory, if it doesn't come to play in the game, it, it's pointless. If if I ask you questions, it's because I want that involved, right? So, well, yeah. Yeah, so that's what we did. But it's been fun, uh, both of those games. Um, once those are over, we'll see what's next. I think... Um, when I'm done with RuneQuest, it's going to be time to do a DSR actual play um, of one of the other things I've been threatening. So Maybe Chud the Musical? Oh, that was my favorite <laughs> game. I've, and you know what? I haven't talked about that on the show. Um, that was something that I, that I came up with at GaryCon. I asked my players what kind of a game we were playing. My players were, to the best of my memory, Ryan Thompson, my wife Katie, Doug Kovacs... Um, uh, Nick, uh, Nick Wolf, uh, and Soraya, his girlfriend, and I, I, oh, and, um, Jeff, Jeff Goad, um, from Spellburn, uh, and they, uh, the, basically I had them tell me what kind of a game we were playing, and we didn't know anything, we were just gonna play something, and, you know, we're gonna, you know, start out what the game was about, so, um, Someone said that it was, oh, we're going to, Katie, my wife said, oh, we're going to be the monsters. And someone else said, yeah, it's going to be like a reverse dungeon. And I was like, oh, okay, we can do that. And then someone said, we're going to, you know, we're underground creatures. And then someone said, chuds? So it became that we were chuds. And then someone else said it was a musical. So it became, the game became um, Revenge of Chud Strikes Back Again, the musical, the RPG. <laughs> and it was uh, it was uh, Don. You would have hated it. You would have hated every minute yeah, of it. Yeah, sounds. But it was like, yeah. so much fun. Uh, basically, what we did was we created a game on the spot based on the structure of a musical. So um, everybody, we had like an economy of action that was basically everybody got to narrate what their part of the song was like. Each musical movement was like. 
um, and then they rolled dice to tell me how much the critics loved it or hated it, and that that <laughs> gave a degree them a degree of authorial control, and whoever won the song and basically had the highest dice score. Um, got to decide how the next musical movement begins which was a lot of fun it was there was like practically no rules that was really the only rule it was roll dice and one person at random gets to decide what happens next but we used it just so you know fluidly uh and, you know to tell a story that it was it was a lot of fun nick wolf that kid man uh, yeah, we're all, f- I mean, maybe not we're all friends with his parents, but, you know, uh, Paul and Brenda are awesome friends, but, uh, Nick, that kid is smart. That is the, that is a young player to keep your eye on, folks. He, he's, uh, he's a smart guy. Uh, he introduced a whole romance plot to the Chud game that nobody saw coming, and then when someone else killed off the Chud romance, he brought it back again. So, man, that kid... It was pretty great. So maybe an up-and-coming gamer to take down the Sketch Dynasty? I think entirely possible. <laughs> Those Sketches, man. Jeez. So, uh, yeah. So that's me. That's what I've been running. Um, I, th- nice. I think that brings us to the end, doesn't it? Yeah, that wraps that, us up for, uh, yeah, for part Of this conversation. Of this yeah. episode. And we'll be back with part two, where the topic is... Adam, introduce... Right. We're going to talk about... Um, investigation in RPGs. How it works, how it doesn't work, what makes sense, what doesn't. Um, all that good stuff. Lots of opinions, because cool. it's us, coming at you in a little <laughs> yeah. bit here. Um, I want to thank our special guest for being here. Mr. Andrew Shields, it's a pleasure meeting you, sir. Um, Mr. Bob Brinkman, as always a pleasure, my good friend. But of course. It's good to finally get you on the show. <laughs> it's the first time you've asked. It really uh. is. It's like it was one of those things. Like I need someone to talk to to talk about games, investigation games. Who Bob is perfect. We'll I, I'm, an, I'm an aging actor. I'll show up at the opening of a grocery store if they ask me to. Man, nice. <laughs> you just gotta. Ask. All right, Bob. You're now the new. Uh, you're now the new. Like it's it's eight o'clock. I need somebody on the show. Call and Bob. Let's make it happen. Hey, all right, all right, um, <laughs> Mr. Don Stroud, uh, my lovely co-host, uh, Mr. Mr. Don Stroud. Yeah. I'm always Mr. so happy to be podcasting partners with you. You're the best. Thank you, Adam. I'm the tick on your. Leg. <laughs> you're better than a tick, <laughs> <laughs> and you're better than a leg. Yeah, you're. You are better than a leg. Uh, well, depends on the number of legs we're talking, and. We'll call it there. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you, gorgeous listeners right. at home, thank you very much for joining us. Um, I'm yeah. Adam Miskevich, and we'll be back next time to talk about investigation in RPGs. Thanks a lot, folks. Have a killer night. Thank you all. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Drink, Spin, Run. If you like what you've heard, share us with your friends, leave us an iTunes review, or email us at dsr at kickassistan.net. You can also support us at patreon.com slash dsrcast. Our theme music was generously provided by the band Blue Snaggletooth, who you can find at bluesnaggletooth.bandcamp.com. Once again, thanks for listening, and we hope you join us next time, you gorgeous listeners.
recording. <laughs> Tell me okay. when we're live on Twitch. Uh, okay, I'll do that. Cool. That's not what I want. That's not also what I not what I want. People on Twitch can hear us, but what they can't do is oop, that's not what they want either. Uh, Hold on. <laughs> so there's the, one of the weird things is because we close the hangout windows all the time, it messes up Twitch a lot. Mm. Uh, and stands super wiggles right now. I'm just happy to have made it. My Luddite self managed to get online. Yeah, good job, Bob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you do this thing. Right? Well, not the, um, the Bob doesn't do online gaming as much. No, I don't do online gaming at all. See, that's oh, not right. as much. <laughs> so, hey, we're live. Everything's good. Everything looks oh, hey. good. Hey, uh, and we're live. Howdy, folks. Welcome to... Tr oh, sorry, this is Don's part. 